Greetings, and welcome to episode 38 of the Prometheus Project podcast. I'm your host, Richard Bist. Thanks for joining me on this exploration of creativity. So the topic this episode is advertising as art. Have you ever been watching television during a commercial and once it ends, think to yourself that that was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen? Never fear, you aren't alone. I don't watch much television myself, but there are certain shows I do like to catch when the mood hits me. With streaming services, I'm lucky that I don't have to see many commercials, but every so often I see one and I wonder, who the hell thought that this was a good idea? I'm sure there are companies paying good money to ad agencies for these ads, and most of the time the ads are on point, but some of them are just, wow, they're just awful. But the good ones, well, they're almost worth the interruption of my TV time. Some are funny, some are poignant, some even make me pause and just think. In my opinion, commercials and ads like these aren't just ads, they're elevated to art. I know, that sounds a little crazy, doesn't it? I mean, it's just an ad for beer or blue jeans. What makes it art? That's the thing, though. It's unexpectedly art. Sure, some big corporate ad agency had a team of people come up with this idea and put it into production, but that shouldn't diminish the end product, should it? It's sort of like separating the art from the artist, which is something I've discussed on a previous podcast episode. What I mean by this is you may not like the artist as a person. For example, Salvador Dali was quite a pompous asshole, but he still created some amazing paintings and sculptures. So that shouldn't keep you from appreciating the art they create. I think it comes down to how we look at it. Say your argument against advertising as art comes down to the fact that the ad campaign or commercial or billboard was created by committee, by a team. Okay, but what about collaborative efforts by artists? Should those be dismissed because more than one person worked on it? I mean, consider all the authors who team up to write books. What about music, songwriting, movies? I'd wager that most songs have been written by more than one person. I mean, look at the songwriting credits on albums and you'll see at least two names, maybe even an entire band, that are credited with the effort. So it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, same with movies. You stay for the credits at the end of a movie. It was quite the team that put that thing together. And yes, a big corporation is using this to sell a product, and there's an argument to be made that considering these ads to be art kind of flies in the face of real artists and artistry. And yeah, I get that, and I sort of agree. But what about the people behind the ads? I mean, it takes creativity to envision something and make it real, and a lot of the people working at ad agencies are creative. There are graphic designers, writers, animators, audiovisual professionals. It's not just salespeople and account executives. Did these creative people sell out when they went to work for a company like this, or are they simply finding another way to express themselves and their ideas, another way to use their creativity? And I have to admit, I used to consider them to be sellouts until I realized that creativity is creativity. It doesn't matter what the medium or the purpose Hell, I don't even care as much about the creator as I do the creation. To use an odd analogy, it's like the novel Frankenstein. Sure, Dr. Frankenstein was the one who had the vision and did all the work, but the monster, the modern Prometheus, is what got my attention in the story. 
The same with advertising. Ignore the company selling the product. Ignore the fact that a big ad agency had a team of people working on this and simply enjoy the final product. And something else to consider is what went into creating the ads. Now, there's a lot of hard work by a lot of talented people involved here, not just coming up with the idea, but also the pre-production, design, writing, casting if needed, hiring photographers, videographers, lighting, paint, graphics, music, sound. It takes a village, right? I think a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into creating a solid, memorable ad campaign. Hell, there are ad campaigns I remember from when I was a child, taglines that still stick in my head. The faces of the actors, maybe even the music and visuals. You know, back in the late 1980s, maybe the early 1990s, Levi Strauss, the clothing company, was promoting their 501 buttonfly jeans. I remember the television commercials fairly vividly. They were shot in black and white, used slow tracking, hired really attractive models, and for some reason they barely showed the actual jeans in the ads. The camera would pan across some model's face, maybe across the side of a classic muscle car, then give me a quick glimpse of the jeans on the model's ass or something like that. The funny thing is, at the time, the commercials sort of annoyed me because they weren't showcasing the actual product. But now I realize it wasn't the jeans they were promoting. It was a style. And, yeah, the campaign was successful. I used to wear 501s, and I still, 30 years later, remember the ads. Which brings me back to the art. That's one of the hallmarks of good art, that it's memorable. I mean, think about it. You remember those great books and short stories you've read, right? You also remember those fantastic movies that you've watched, and those great songs that still play in your head. What about great paintings? Sculptures? poignant photographs and still images too, right? That's all art that, while not necessarily great, it resonated with you on some level. And that's advertising, or at least the purpose of good advertising. It should speak to you, and you should find something to relate to in it. And obviously not all advertising is going to do that, or even some of the ones that do stick with you do so for the wrong reasons. Like those annoying ads that stick in your head because they're annoying. Those are the worst. I compare the, those to the really bad movies you ended up watching because there was nothing else on that you felt like watching. And years later, you still remember the time you wasted on it and probably still regret it. A good example of this was those Budweiser beer commercials from the late 90s, I think. Where there was just a bunch of guys saying, what's up, to one another with different tones. The first couple of times I saw it, I thought, man, it's kind of funny. But after that, it just got annoying. And yep, still living in my head, rent-free. The thing about advertising is that it's, it's more effective the more it plays upon our emotions. Sure, product comparisons are useful, and showing how effective something can be is a good selling point. But what really gets our attention and makes ads resonate with us is emotion. And once again... That's not far removed from art and creativity. I know that the stories I've read that stuck with me have been the ones that I connected with because I could relate to the protagonist or the situation. And that happened because the connection was on an emotional level. There are stories I've read that reduced me to tears. And while I'm sort of ashamed to admit it, there are ads that have done that to me as well. 
for what it's worth, I respect well-done advertising. It doesn't matter if it's a television commercial, a billboard, a page in a magazine. Much like art, there are ones that appeal to me and they stick in my head while others are simply stupid or ridiculously bad. But also like art, advertising relies on different components to be effective. It's not just words. It's also the color palettes used, the people they hire, the background music, lighting, everything. It's all carefully researched and chosen. Now, if you find this kind of hard to believe, check this out. Movie posters are a perfect example. There is a specific collection of colors used for a lot of movie posters depending on the movie genre. For example, action film posters feature black, white, and orange. Thrillers tend to utilize blues and yellows. Romantic comedies use a lot of white complemented by reds and blues. Indie movies, I found this fascinating, in order to stand out against the big studios, tend to use a lot of yellow. But all in all, the most popular colors for movie posters is blue and orange. I mean, simply do a search online for movie poster color palette, and you'll find some amazing dissections of the subject. Even stranger is the fact that fonts also play a part in advertising. So, do you know the difference between a serif and a sans serif font? If not, a serif font is a font that has those little tags at the ends of the letters, whereas sans serifs don't, hence the sans. So simply look at two popular fonts, Courier and Arial. Courier is a serif, Arial is a sans serif. Simple. The science here is that serif fonts are better for print and sans serifs are better for online reading or digital reading. It has something to do with the way the eye picks up the letters depending on the format. Weird, right? And here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that Helvetica is the most popular font in the world. It's used for almost everything. There's an interesting documentary, oddly titled Helvetica, that I recommend you watch. Um, it's on some streaming services, but definitely watch it. Once you do, you will see Helvetica everywhere. But to get back on track here, the next time you're watching television or thumbing through a magazine, take some time to consider the advertising you're seeing. Even when you're riding the bus or the train or maybe commuting in your car, take a moment to really look at the ads around you, not just for the sake of the product or the services they're offering, but look at them as works of art. Think about the work that went into creating it. I like to consider, you know, how they came up with the idea, how it must have developed the different people they had work on it, like writers, the graphic people, musicians, photographers, all that. I think you might end up having a new appreciation for advertising and the creativity behind it. And that brings us to the show closeout. I think it'd be fun to stick with the advertising theme for this exercise. So here's what I'd like you to do. Create an ad. Now, it doesn't matter what medium you use. Write it, draw it, write a song, whatever. But then think about what you want to sell. You can choose some product you like, a type of tea or a candy, soft drink, pet food, whatever. If you choose a product, then you can come up with some new way to sell it or maybe redo an existing ad. You know, maybe your favorite, I don't know, bookstore has a terrible ad and this is an opportunity for you to improve on it. Or maybe you can be extra creative 
and create an ad for something that doesn't exist. Maybe a new, I don't know, teleportation device that cuts travel time to seconds. Or how about a new food product that will save time and money for food prep? How about that new flying car? How about new dragon food in a can? A mythical creature petting zoo. <laughs> Let your imagination run wild and have fun with it. But I think doing this exercise will give you a little more appreciation for advertising as art and the creativity that goes into it. And like I mentioned earlier, pay attention to the ads you see every day, not just as a selling point, but try to find and appreciate the artistry of it. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Be sure to tell your friends, leave a comment and a rating wherever you listen to it, and drop me a line. Any suggestions you have for future show topics? You can always do it on my website. I got a contact form at richardbiss.com, or you can catch me on social media. Until next time, be safe, be kind, be creative. Cheers. <laughs>